Section thirteen of A Cruise in an Opium Clipper by Lindsay Anderson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section thirteen, chapters forty through forty two. Chapter forty The Natives Attack Us by Land and Water. They are easily repulsed. When Captain Gulliver returned from the dinner-party on board the receiving ship, he informed us that the Spanish priest had gone on shore from the receiving ship shortly after we had departed in the afternoon for the wreck. He had found his way to the ruins of Kempty Yar, and had spoken to several of the headmen, and had only returned a short time before Captain Gulliver left to come on board the information the priest had brought was to the effect that the natives in and around kempty yar were still in a state of great exasperation and were organizing an attack upon the receiving ship and the eamont from the water and the shore the forces to attack by water were composed of a large number of catamarans with gingles secured upon them the force to attack from the land side was also equipped with a number of their heaviest gingles the priest estimated the probable number of fighting men at twenty thousand the attack might probably be made in the middle of the night as they the natives were in hourly expectation of the arrival from taiwan of the war junks sent by the emperor to their assistance this was serious news for we had hoped to sail for amoy in a couple of days thinking all was settled especially after the assurances and concessions in our favour made by the tutai of the village we had visited in the early portion of the day the delay in our sailing was the only thing that troubled captain gulliver we were by our better equipment in arms and ammunition a match for all the catamarans they could bring one shot from our sixty-eight would scatter them to the winds and so likewise with any land forces which might attack us to fight junks would only be a pastime and a plan had been arranged for securing them on their arrival double sentries were placed at intervals round the decks with instructions to keep their ears open to catch the slightest sound of anything approaching by land or water as it would never do to let them get to close quarters if there were such a swarm as the priest had said an officer as usual in times of expected danger was placed on watch and the gunner and his mates examined all the guns to see that they were loaded and ready to fire at a moment's notice i took the first watch that night as captain gulliver desired no doubt to have a good talk with his senior officer on the situation as they quaffed their evening cup before they turned in my watch passed off without any surprise from the lagoon or the shore nothing disturbed the calm stillness of the night excepting the tramp tramp of our own light slippered feet at two o'clock i was relieved by nealance the men having been relieved at their usual stated time by the bells but on account of the lateness of our setting the officer's watch we divided the time into three portions giving each other a fair portion of rest after going the rounds with nealance i dived below and turned in i had scarcely begun to doze when i was awoke by the sound of rifle firing and the calling of all hands to arms i soon got inside my clothes and harness and gained my station on deck at the forward pivot gun 
my gun's crew were soon with me with the various implements in their hands such as handspikes rammers sponges train tackles and spare coins etc appliances entirely gone out of date in big gun firing captain gulliver and mr jewell were training the big midship gun over the port side just forward of the main rigging Directing my gaze in that direction, I could perceive at some considerable distance a large number of those catamarans the fishermen used in going over the outside reef to the deep-sea fishing. The captain issued no orders to other of the guns, but standing with the trigger-line in his hand, which is attached to the lock on the sixty-eight-pounder, kept the gun trained on the center of the slowly advancing rafts on came the fleet as far as they dared and as they opened fire with their gingles the captain pulled the trigger and with a deafening roar that reverberated all over the quiet lagoon and entirely drowned the report of the gingles our big ben went off heavily charged with grape and canister right in the midst of the advancing foe at the same time as soon as our flash was seen two heavy guns similarly charged were fired from the receiving ship one at the advancing fleet the other into the bush from her port bow where we afterwards learned the natives had been in force and had fired several gingles but without any effect owing to their short range while they were reloading the sixty-eight pounder our night glasses were brought to bear on the fleet of catamarans and to our great satisfaction we made out that they were beating a hasty retreat all again was quietness mr jewell would have liked another shot but captain gulliver evidently thought enough had been done to show them the power we wielded and to keep those wilder spirited at a distance as well as to teach them to allow us to carry on our trade with the peaceable merchants in safety we remained at stations for half an hour till nothing could be seen moving on the lagoon when the hands were piped to grog and then dismissed we of the afterguard retired to our cabins leaving nealance again in charge of the eamont while we sought a few hours sleep chapter forty one news of the approach of a squadron of formosian war junks the rest of the night passed in tranquillity and when daylight broke no traces of our midnight visitors could be anywhere discerned about seven a m our native merchants from the village which we had visited the preceding day and who were the owners of the junk arrived alongside before permitting them on board, Captain Gulliver brought the head shroff to the gangway, and through him asked the reason for our early visit from the catamarans. These merchants disclaimed all knowledge of the proceedings taken by these pilongs of the north side of the lagoon, and were very vehement in their expressions of disgust at the vileness of the north side natives after this explanation captain gulliver of course invited them on board in his blandest manner for it was part of his mission the principal part of it to establish a connection with these merchants for trading purposes they had brought with them the captain and two of the officers of the junk they were all conducted to the quarter-deck when on the ransom money being paid over to our shroff in hard mexican dollars the junk was given over to them our sentries were removed from her her crew were liberated and allowed to proceed on board 
their arms were delivered to them as they stepped from one vessel to the other and afterwards our people were sent to assist in getting her out of the intricate position she had occupied since the morning of the typhoon her crew passed from one ship to the other in high good humour although they looked as if they could have put up with a few days more idleness with plenty to eat by the time we had finished a late breakfast to which the merchants had been invited at which they were much gratified the junk was off in the stream and anchored our boatswain and crew returning as soon as the anchor was let go before the merchants took their departure captain rooney eastervelt and the priest arrived on board from the receiving ship another parley was held over the midnight attack the priest conducting the conversation and afterwards giving it to the captains through mr eastervelt as soon as they had returned to their village they were to proceed before the tutai and lay complaint against the pilongs for their piratical conduct and impress the mandarins with the necessity of stopping their depredations before they compelled us to sail away and bring back larger and more powerful warships to destroy the whole place and put it entirely under our flag there was no doubt about the good feeling of these traders towards us their self-interest and love of gain counselled them to declare for peace at any price so with many bows and salaams they returned to their sampans and proceeded on their mission accompanied by the priest and two of our shroffs who were to bring back another firman of rights from the tutai to show to the commander of the fleet which was now on its way from taiwan fu to blow us out of the harbour after the typhoon the wind which was carefully noted and registered in spite of all other occurrences had hung from the north-northeast a moderate breeze and very fine weather this was a fair wind for the war junks and we ought soon to be having a visit from them so after the departure of our guests the gig was manned and captain gulliver rooney and eastervelt with nealance and me again as bowman and coxswain proceeded out of the harbour to the open sea to look for the junks as well as to have a look at the reef and see if our boys still remained watching the channel we had marked for our passage to the open when along the beach the previous afternoon we had noted with satisfaction that the south-west sea had gone and that there was very little broken water on the reef we had compass and chart in the boat so that we had little difficulty in finding which way to pull when we cleared the entrance we found our floating beacons where we had placed them and then we pulled across the reef where we had found the deepest water the least depth abreast of our beacon proving to be eighteen feet we could come and go at any time now while the northeast monsoon lasted which was satisfactory to us as also to captain rooney there was trade enough and to spare for both if well developed and combination would give to both added strength to keep the wilder portion of the natives at bay till trade was thoroughly established no sail was visible in the offing the wind was fresh from north-northeast a good wholesale breeze for the war junks on their way to annihilate us captain gulliver was anxious for their coming so that we might get away captain rooney with our help would take possession of the fleet on its arrival 
the tutai and merchants would arrange with the commander of the fleet that no action should be taken until they had represented the whole case to the emperor which with the help of the mexican dollar for persuasion they were sure would be on the side of the traders who created the dollars we made the boat fast to one of our beacons the men laid in their oars and we lay for an hour or more waiting and watching for the coming fleet the sun had crossed the meridian half an hour and no signs of the fleet so we cast off and proceeded for the harbour arriving on board the eamont in good time for lunch for which the fresh air had given us all good appetites chapter forty two the arrival of the squadron announced we capture the leading junk as it enters the harbour while we were busy lunching captain rooney initiated us in the process by which we were to get possession of the war junks all of us who volunteered to assist in the daring enterprise were instructed by him how best to fulfil the part assigned to us the big launch of the receiving ship was held in readiness all her officers of american or european extraction were to join in the capture mr nealance mr jule and i our boatswain and his mate the gunner and his mate with fifteen of our ablest men were to accompany them from our ship captain gulliver was to remain behind much against his will but it was necessary as captain rooney pointed out that some one should be left to keep command and treat with the native merchants in case he should lose the number of his mess in the attack we all knew that the warriors whom we were to meet were generally bravest when they had unarmed merchant vessels to deal with and errant cowards when having to face well-armed white men of course the commander of this fleet might prove an exception to the rule and we might meet with an unwonted reception on attempting to board and capture his vessels the eamont was lying just round the corner of the northern hummock and would be within pistol-shot of the junks as they rounded into the harbour captain gulliver would therefore be of great service to the boarders by having all his guns brought to bear on the advancing junks should they dare to fire this grand idea of turning the eamont into a battery necessitated mr nealance and mr jules withdrawal from the attacking party and they were soon busy in getting some of the port guns over to starboard and fitting them temporarily for fighting order after the plan had been well arranged and each one well instructed in the part he had to perform mr nealance was sent away in the gig to keep a lookout for the coming fleet about four o'clock in the afternoon the gig was descried dashing round the corner at a tremendous pace in a minute she was alongside nealance jumped on board and informed the commanders that three large junks had rounded the northwest cape and were steering direct for the hummocks and inside of the reef captain rooney made the signal to the receiving ship and in a trice her launch was alongside manned by well-armed manila men at the oars while six determined-looking white men occupied the stern sheets myself and a dozen of our best men found our way into the launch most of the men with the gunner placed themselves forward near the swivel gun while i was given a place in the stern sheets the second officer of the receiving ship going forward to take charge there as captain rooney took his place in the boat the eamont's crew were piped to quarters and held in readiness at the guns while some were stationed on the starboard quarter 
rifle in hand captain rooney gave the word to shove off the coxswain unhooked his hold on the eamont and we pulled away astern of her towards the north hummock getting close to the hummock and to the corner where the junks would have to round to the oars were tossed and held erect the coxswain hooked on to a branch of scrub and here we remained in silent suspense for the order to dart at the coming foe as soon as he was visible and while in the act of bracing his sails to the wind to haul up the lagoon one of the officers of the receiving ship and i had a special duty to perform and were slightly handicapped with weight for a climb so that we were placed on the side of the launch that would be the off-side my comrade in the attack and i had each a heavy hammer and ten or twelve pounds of large spike nails our duty was to spike every gun on board the junk and render them unserviceable till bored out the boring process not being possible anywhere around this harbour at any rate not in a very quick time their ironwork being of the very rudest and most ancient description twenty minutes we lay here in suspense before we heard the welcome shout of oars from captain rooney the coxswain let go and shoved broad off the oars fell into the water two or three powerful strokes of the oars were given and we were alongside the junk in less than a minute we were on board captain rooney and his officer rushed to the quarter-deck and holding loaded pistols to the head of each native officer disarmed them while our men with their revolvers covered the crew who stood amazed i and my comrade went on driving spikes into every cannon on board he taking one side while i traversed the other from stem to stern as soon as he gained the quarter-deck and had installed himself in possession captain rooney shouted out cut away the sail halyards hard a starboard the helm stand by the anchor forward there some of you steady the helm let go the anchor every order was promptly executed by our people where they could not let go they cut and in about five minutes the first war junk was anchored abreast of the receiving ship about half a cable off and in a good position for the receiving ship's guns to bear upon her a prearranged signal was made by captain rooney to the eamont an armed cutter in charge of nealance pushed off from the eamont and was alongside the junk as the anchor was finding rest on the bottom nealance was given charge of the junk with orders to collect all small arms and place them in his cutter as also to leave an armed guard on board then return to the eamont and await the capture of the next junk End of section 13